Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Julie Meissner. Julie, are you ready to do this? I am. Thank you, George. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Julie is the founder and CEO of Garrison Point Advisors. Again, I'm excited to have you on the show. Julie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Um, so... From a personal perspective, I began, uh, I think, in finance when I was incredibly young, actually, in a lot of ways. Uh, my family was in, always involved in some type of service business. So early on, my grandparents owned an ice company, and um, that meant we collected physical money a lot from our customers. So vending machines, if you remember the, the old style vending machines for ice, um, people would put quarters in them. And um, I had the job of going around with my grandfather and then my dad and collecting all of those and, and making uh, deposits for the firm um, in, in the back in the back room and my desk was a, a converted piano bench that I could open and keep everything in. Nice. So from a very early age, I was involved and somewhat intrigued with money um, and, and what it meant, um, you know, because we either had it or we, we didn't have it. Uh, so my life cycled pretty abruptly um, in and out of schools and moving quite frequently, whether we were doing well or we weren't doing well. So it wasn't something that seemed to come easy. Um, and it. It always, although I think I had, you know, an incredible childhood, I don't really relate much of having money to whether we were having a great life. So that became a really early tension and um, really something I wanted to understand. Like, why was more money better? Why was less money worse? <laughs> what, what? did it mean if you had either and and then where did that actually put you on the map in, in in the world and and of course those thoughts weren't happening at that level when i was really young but i i was just i was witnessing it you know and i felt like i was this bystander on this this path of of really feeling what it's like to have those things happen to you and um i think that led to uh, wanting to pursue finance ultimately in in uh, college, so uh, I studied it and then found found out quickly that that didn't necessarily explain what I had thought. <laughs> it was more of a psychological yeah. approach to to money, but yet I was very intrigued. So I, I ended up landing in first as an option analyst. Um, on the Pacific uh, Options Exchange in downtown San Francisco. That was one of my first jobs out of uh, college. And that was an incredibly intense experience. So that was, um, you know, a lot of um, intense emotions around money and getting it, I guess. Um, and uh it was kind of like being thrown into the deep end of the pool from a learning perspective. So people would yell at you. You had to understand all these different aspects. And 
Um, that I didn't love, but also, I, again, it was more this, hmm, so this isn't great. You know, some of these people are incredibly successful, but right. incredibly happy. <laughs> I went into the family office um, world and was around, again, incredible wealth. And this was all new to me because I didn't really grow up with this, obviously. Um, and, and kind of encountered the same thing, you know, that people, the same struggles we had and that I encountered when I was young around money existed at every level of money and, and wealth. Um, and so that um, kind of infused what ended up happening and was the origin of, I think, Garrison Point Advisors that, you know, from a work perspective and from a uh, a life perspective, they're interwoven pretty heavily. And should we reevaluate how we how we work to get money and what we do with our money, you know, and how we uh, relate to it? You know, is it something that's driving us or is it uh, something that we are driving because we actually understand what we want in life and, and who we are around it? And we just thought that there was, you know, there could be a better way um, to be in advice, uh, an advice giver, um, and create a firm for the employees to exist within that felt true to what they wanted in their life as well. So it wasn't just running them that they had to show up and do the 6 a.m. to you name the hour, work all hours, and really had no relation to everything that meant something to them. So that was a conversation that kind of launched, uh, we call it GPA, Garrison Point Advisors, to say, let's, let's do things differently because um, we, um, we want the employees to be incredibly happy and the advisors within the firm. And we want our clients to have these same conversations and understand their their why, if you will, around money, and um, and kind of what what's enough for them. Uh, and that's obviously a complex question, but it's it's kind of the driver behind what we want to have with our clients and uh, all of our advisors. Nice. Well, I think that there's a lot of really great stuff there, um, and it's. It sounds like you've been on 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 quite a journey, and I always think it's really cool when people actually are are aware and cognizant and mindful of the journey and the different stages of it. And now you have this great firm, and you've you're, you're, you've got other advisors that are out there helping people uh, to sort of go on their own path or 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 be more. I guess mindful and and intentional about about how they're interacting with money, and that's that's certainly not an easy thing, is it? No, uh, definitely not. I think it's it's a scary thing mm-hmm. often. People, you know, um, something that is often shied away from because of the enormity of <clears throat> the question or the consequences or the decision, you know, whatever it is, you know, they feel that there's. Uh, there's weight to it and and or they have some history with it positive or negative that has kind of formed the groove in which they they want to carry forward um so it's it's sensitive i think (laughs) for a lot of people you know which is unique because it's definitely something we all deal with and we know we have to and we know we need it um and or want it depending where, where you're coming from but um, 
it's it's something that we think should be pushed into earlier conversations, right? From a very early age too. So it doesn't have that weight quite quite the same way. It has like you can embrace it and empower yourself and understand it. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think we have a we have a we have two kids. We have an eight month old and then uh James is like I guess he's three and eight months and I was just asking asking my wife, it's like, you know what? Do, do, do you think that James could really grasp, you know, working and saving up money or, or can he not look past really two weeks? And uh, anyway, so <laughs> there's a lot of deep psychology that's, or at least shallow psychology that goes into that. But I think that, yes, probably the earlier, the better you can help people to, to have these kinds of conversations. When, when, when you're thinking about and talking to people about reevaluating their relationship and, and how we work to get money. Uh, obviously we were talking about it's 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 not easy it's huge is that is that a bridge too far for some people or is is do you think that everybody's interested in in going down that path um uh, i think it depends on the person Uh, but uh i think ultimately i do think that they want to have that conversation uh in a way that you, how you set it up for them and how you make them feel comfortable discussing mm-hmm. some of these elements. You know, we, we approach it not from a let's extract information from you in order so we can give you our opinion on what you should be doing or what you have done incorrectly thus far. We think that's pretty ineffective overall. Yeah. It's much more of a where are you, you know, and do you know where you are? Uh, and where are your plans taking you and and do those things align in any way to Hmm. what your happiness factor is in that equation? And you get to that particular conversation, I think in very different ways with everybody because they all come to it from a different perspective and that's okay. Some it's more technical. Sometimes it's more of a, a simple conversation and questions, but ultimately I think that everybody does want to have the conversation and maybe shies away from it. They just aren't, they don't want to just bring it up. Like I have no idea what I'm doing with my life and no idea what I'm doing with my money. So maybe you should help me with that. Like that, it never comes up that way. Right? Yeah. We're never having that conversation. Um, it's, it's just small steps into the bigger conversation. And then as that trust is built, then you, you start having the real conversations about what they want to do uh, with their life. That's, that's, that's it right there, isn't it? It's, it's taking those small steps because literally i've i've been i've i've been trying to put pen to paper on for, for for me personally on on like the biggest question in the world it's like what really makes for a happy life mm-hmm. and and let's let's figure that out and i've just been i've been having the hardest time sort of to putting that pen to paper and and and, and going through this exercise uh, and, and then, you know, as we're talking, you realize, well, that's the same thing for everybody. Obviously it's like, I, I talk about money all day long uh, and it's hard for me. So to be able to, to have that huge conversation is probably impossible. So it's better just to take small bites. So it's like, it's like anything else, I suppose, Julie, it's like getting back in shape. You can't do it overnight and, and getting healthy and saving money. It's just, you need to take small bites. Absolutely. I, I think it's, 
uh, giving, you know, if we look at this, this life that we're in really as, you know, we're not trying to necessarily get anywhere. We're not looking at this from a destination perspective, but it's, if you're truly living this as a, as a journey and a path, then it's the daily compounding effect of whatever you do is going to be much better than this grand thing, you know, that you step into and this, the big plans. And I relate to that when I, I say, we're going to get back in shape and we're going <laughs> to do all these things. Yeah. If you go too big, too fast, usually doesn't pay off. But if it's, if it's, I'm going to do, you know, you name it, 20 minutes of yoga every day or 20 minutes of hiking. That incremental gain, as we, you know, relate it to just looking at investments is huge. You, that's a huge investment in yourself and your understanding of yourself and your money and everything um, versus I'm going to figure it all out in one sitting is, is definitely never going to happen for any of us. So it's just more committing to something, right? Like some forward movement that you can bite off. And then it, I think then it's all pretty manageable. It's all achievable over, over a longer arc. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that's right. Making sure that you're committing to some forward movement, getting started with something because yeah, that's a hundred percent. If it's, if the solution is just not workable, then it's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to fit into my life. I'm, I'm not going to do it. So it's going to be a waste of time. It's like a New Year's resolution. So need to actually figure out something that that's 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 going to work. So I I I think that we're cut from the same cloth. That um that I believe that 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 really long term success in any endeavor is uh, one important element is is community. So we'd love to talk to you about that. Um, yeah, so the community element that, um, when we started GPA, um, we wanted to, uh, really redefine what, what it meant to, to work at a firm, uh, if you will. And I, I thought of everybody that we brought together as these invaluable uh, pieces of the puzzle. And they all had such diverse ways of thinking and um, unique perspectives and were so um, open, really, you know, to, to really innovate and throw themselves in, uh, fail fast, <laughs> you know, fail often, go, keep going. And, and keep kind of questioning the path. And and it didn't start right away, you know, to be honest, like out of the gates, um, everybody was in their kind of old way of being. Um, and, and it wasn't bad, it was just uh, habitual, uh, you know, because, well, you know, of course I want to work in a flexible workspace and freely give my ideas. But what I'm used to doing is, is more <laughs> conforming or coming yeah. in at a certain time and leaving at a certain time and producing on deadlines, you know, and those are all good things as well. 
but it kind of took some tweaking over time to say like, how are we gonna be in community together and how are we gonna trust each other so we can challenge and collaborate freely and really drive what we want this company to become, not what we are used to having. And it's not completely easy. I think it took us about a year, I feel like, to find a groove with everybody and it was intentional of like, we're going to have retreats. We are gonna have <laughs> unhook times where we all create a section of that in order to bring something that's meaningful to the table and talk about it. We're going to have, uh, we had a book club. We started a book club and we all make suggestions and then we all get to collaborate. And it was basically infusing our normal work habits with game changers for us, things that we weren't used to. It was out of all of our comfort zone. And the more we did that, the more we worked together as a community and really felt like, wow, we are an incredible team. Um, but it took tweaking and we, we continue to tweak it, but we're, I think on gosh, maybe our 11th book now. Um, and we have potlucks that infuse some of our passions for cooking. Nice. It was about allowing people to show up wholly, and that we felt was missing. Like we never talked about our personal lives, not quite as extensively as we do now. And not to say that we do that, you know, all the time, but they're very aware that I have two daughters and I'm very aware of all of what's happening in their life. One person got married and, you know, what they are actually going through versus kind of where we came from was just showing up and being our work person um, yeah. and working with everybody, but not wholly showing up. And so that was a challenge. And I think we definitely do that now uh, on all fronts. And it's built a, a really tight group, uh, which we're proud of. It was everybody contributing to make it happen. I think that's great. And it speaks to that intentionality that we were talking about a little bit earlier and talking about really what, what, what makes for a happy life. Well, what, what, what would make for a really great organization? What would make for a great, a great firm and a, a way that we could come together and collaborate and, and, and do great work for our clients. What, what would that really look like? And, you know, I think you could take that blueprint and apply it to every other aspect of life, right? Be intentional about it. We want to be having a date night with a spouse or having dinner at least once a week with a family, whatever it might be. And then actually, you know, make sure that you start doing those things. So nice. But the blank paper is daunting, right? The, mm. the like starting with nothing actually it's incredibly freeing it's also daunting because it's it, it well what what do you put into the recipe then if you could do anything which parts are valuable and which parts do you throw out and that was the tweaking process if you could do anything what would it look like start with the blank page nice i love it well julie savage nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them uh, I would say that um, you should not wait. And, and by that, I mean there is never a great time um, to do this next best step for you. It's, it's time. Um, the time constraints I think we put on ourselves are the, the biggest limiting factor 
in getting the engaged life that you really, really want and, uh, and helping yourself along this path and this journey that you have. And so don't wait. Well, like that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on. Come on. Yes. Do not wait. Just get started. Start taking those, start taking those small steps. I love it. Yeah. Well, Julie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? So our website is at G-A-R-P-T dot com. And that is where you can find most of our information. Excellent. It's G-A-R-P-T dot com? It is. All right. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Julie your appreciation. Share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to G-A-R-P-T.com. Check out all the great resources. Learn a little bit more about the firm. Thanks again, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out and go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.